When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's a tale as old as time. He's handsome, debonair. She's pretty and sweet. They lock eyes across the room. Okay, hold on. Honey, you need to get your facts straight. Finding love today is more like... Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just want somebody to share my life. What does his text mean? Maybe he's just not that into me. Is Is this this relationship relationship going going anywhere? anywhere? You can keep waiting for the fairy tale. Or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. It is February 1st, and not only is Valentine's Day hot on our heels, but today is also the Chinese Lunar New Year. So, Happy New Year, part two! Don't worry, I'm not going to say another Dating Sunday is coming. You already had enough of those. But 2022 is the year of the tiger, which symbolizes power. And tigers are also known to be adventurous, ambitious, and never back down from a challenge. I want you to take that energy into 2022. And you know what? I also know someone else who brings that energy into everything she does. My friend Alex Strauss, who is our guest today. Alex is a writer and frequent features contributor to the New York Times. She spent a large part of her writing career interviewing couples with long-lasting marriages, and today she'll be sharing everything she's learned along the way. Plus, she'll reveal whether or not you should let your mom set you up based on the many essays that she has edited on that topic. But first, we've got a dish. The headlines this week. If you're burned out on romance, it's not just you. There's a possibility you could be a romantic. Not a romantic, but a romantic. You'll understand in a minute. And is there a West Elm Caleb lurking in your love life? Here are the signs that someone may be love bombing you. Then later, I'll answer questions from you like, I want to postpone dating until I'm comfortable with my insecurities, but it seems like an endless endeavor. Will this dating hiatus ever come to a close? And I know I'm ready for love, but my brain hasn't quite caught up to my heart yet. Any tips on being my own hype woman? Lovers, it's February. We're coming in hot. D's dating dish. Scary Mommy tells us the signs of being aromantic or just burned out on romance. How can you tell the difference, first of all, I had heard of asexual. I had never heard of aromantic. So here's the signs that you may be aromantic. Aromantics don't experience romantic love. 
they don't feel romantic connection. They can still feel love, but not of the romantic variety. Now, aromantic people, you may be thinking, oh, you know, they're not getting it in. Not true. They can have multiple casual partners that they don't feel romantically connected to. And sometimes aromanticism is often confused with a lack of attraction to someone, which can make aromanticism hard to decipher. And some aromantic people may choose to be in platonic partnerships or companionships or create a family, but they're just not into all the lovey-dovey romantic sides of having a relationship. So some characteristics are you might not really be into kissing or hugging. You may not want to return romantic advances. The idea of PDA makes you squirm. You don't relate to romantic stories, movies, and books. And you don't consider sexual attraction and romance to be linked. So here's what you have to remember. There are many forms of love, and romantic love isn't necessarily superior to all the others. I actually talked about relationship anarchy many, many episodes ago. So if you're interested, DM me and I'll send you the link to that one. But I I do believe that you have different people in your life for different reasons. You may have someone that you have a strong bond to that you don't necessarily feel romantic with. And like, hello, there's so many friends with benefits. Like we actually covered some data from earlier in the pandemic where a lot of people were having sex with their platonic roommates because, hi, pandemic. So I think this this year, anything goes, honestly. And the pandemic has really just scrambled our brains. And we're like, you know what? Whatever. I'm hearing from a lot of people that are like, I'm taking a dating hiatus. I don't really know. Maybe this is this has to be the year that I meet my person or like I'm not even thinking about it. Actually, this is the year that I'm giving up. I'm just going to let all of those things be OK and let you be guided by your feelings. Yeah, maybe you are burned out and you're feeling aromantic because you haven't had that romantic connection in a while. And maybe you still believe in love and you believe in that romantic connection and you have wanted that in the past and could want that in the future. And you keep listening to this show for the hope that that person is right around the corner for you. Maybe you're feeling a little aromantic these days because you've had a run-in with West Elm Caleb. Now, for those of you who are like, West Elm, what? I mean, I have a coffee table from there. What is Demona talking about? Let me get you up to speed. And we will also link to this New York Post article in the show notes. The story of West Elm Caleb, who I just became aware of in the last couple of weeks. I think everyone just became aware of them in the last couple of weeks because of TikTok. A woman named Meme Shoe on TikTok shared her experience about going out with this dude named Caleb, who she dated briefly, and he seemed to be really, really into her, and then poof, he suddenly disappeared. And someone in the comments said, is this the West Elm Caleb? Turns out that same experience had happened to someone who watched the video. But not only had it happened to someone who watched the video, it happened to many, many other women who suddenly found out, like a live remake of John Tucker Must Die, suddenly everyone was discovering that this dude, Caleb, who probably isn't even that amazing, this dude, Caleb, who's a furniture designer, was going out with all of these women, sending lovey-dovey messages on Hinge, and then suddenly just disappearing and leaving them hanging. And so now Wes Elm Caleb has become this sort of 
archetype on TikTok. He's the guy who ghosts after having seemingly amazing first dates with no explanation. What is this called? This is called love bombing. This is one part of love bombing, actually. When a date showers you with compliments and gifts and affection in order to gain immediate trust. And then the second part of the bombing part is when they disappear later. So if you haven't heard about this video, I did an excellent analysis on the Drew Barrymore Show TikTok, if you follow at the Drew Barrymore Show. But I'll give you the signs that you may be getting love bombed and also the signs that you may be getting two timed because sometimes I find that they're assuming exclusivity when it hasn't been explicitly given and then they end up disappointed later. So if they profess their love to you immediately, like immediately after the first date, you're probably being love bombed. A lot of times they'll profess it over text. And then sometimes you'll step back and you'll read the text and the the text really isn't specific to you or, you know, or a message within the app or an email or whatever kind of written communication. Literally, like in the back end of dating apps, they can see how many keystrokes people are typing. And a lot of times it's only one. Think about it. What does that mean? It means they're cutting and pasting the same message to people again and again and again. So if it seems too good to be true, and then you realize, wait a minute, these compliments aren't really about me. They're just kind of general, like, I love you, my sweetie, my honey. And then they want to see you all the time right away. This is the difference, I think, between a love bomber and somebody that's ultimately going to be maybe a catfish or a scammer. And I've talked previously about the the nuances between the different types of catfish. But if they're a scammer, they're not going to want to see you in person. They're going to delay it. But the love bomber, they want to see you right away, all the time. And you know I'm a big fan of slow love. Slow love means pacing out your interactions over time. And I was just talking to some of the people in the Dating Accelerator program about what that really means and how to tap into the feeling that you should get when you're developing a healthy relationship. The feeling shouldn't be, oh my God, butterflies, I can't wait to see them again. I have to spend all my time with them. Ah." It shouldn't be like that. That is chemistry. And the chemistry that you're feeling is a road to heartbreak. That's the fast track to heartbreak. And sure, you're going to hear exceptions to the rule, but Overall, when it starts out of the gate that fast, it fizzles out more quickly. Or you skip over important discovery elements that you need to know to figure out if this person is a well-suited long-term match for you or not. So slow love means spacing out the interactions and seeing how you feel in between those times where you don't see them and seeing how they behave and react when they are not with you. Do they send you love bomby messages or do they just say like, oh, I can't wait to see you this weekend? Is it, are they trying to pull you in and, and, and dump an emotional load on you or are they feeling supportive? Are they listening well and, and understanding where you're at in the relationship? Now, here are the signs that they are two-timing you. This is what you will not get on the Drew Barrymore Show TikTok if they can only see you at specific times, like they say the week weekends are totally off limits or they can only meet you at 10 p.m. like, duh, after their other dates or they don't post what they're doing or who they're with like, like ever, ever. <laughs> or like, you know how some apps will tell you when someone is online 
or they'll tell you how far away they are. So you might notice that they're always online and they're always somewhere other than where they're supposed to be. These are the signs that you may be dating someone who is dating multiple people. That's it. We got to clarify. The expectation is that if you are dating online, you are dating multiple people until you declare that you are exclusive. West Elm Caleb didn't do anything illegal here. I mean, he's tacky. <laughs> he's tacky and he got found out. And you need to remember that there are now digital receipts that are being s- screenshotted and shared. This I talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, I have a real problem with the breach of privacy of people sharing dating profiles and sharing sharing messages without people's consent. But gotta admit, I don't have a problem. If you have crappy behavior, I do not have a problem with people calling you out on TikTok. So West Elm Caleb, you're done. <laughs> and if you meet someone who is a sheep in West Elm Caleb clothing, <laughs> you've got to go based on the signs that are written right there on the wall for you and go based on their behavior and how they make you feel. So stay strong. Stay vigilant and be on the lookout for someone who is freakishly tall, as they say Caleb is, and who works at an upscale furniture store. If your dating profile is only pulling in West Elm Caleb's and none of the kind of folks you would actually like to meet, don't worry, I've got you. I have a free profile starter kit available for you right now at datesandmates.com. That also gets you into my mailing list where you can find out about deals on my future trainings, opportunities for me to work with you live and in person. That also gets you onto my newsletter where you can find out just what's happening on the Dates and Mates podcast. And you can find out when I will be doing TV segments and helping people on air and so, so much more. You can also find out when we can work together live and I can help you with your online dating experience face to face. Can't wait to talk to you more about that. But the only way I will know How to reach you is if you go to datesandmates.com right now and sign up for the free profile starter kit. In a moment, we will be back with the incredible Alex Strauss of the New York Times. Stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. My guest is writer Alex Strauss. She's a frequent features contributor to the New York Times, and she often writes about dating, relationships, marriage, love, you know, the topics that are near and dear to my heart. She's been featured on ABC, CBS, CNN, and the Today Show. You may have seen her articles in the Financial Times, Time Magazine, Condé Nast, Traveler, and Departures. Actually, coincidentally, one of my favorite magazines. If you don't get it, get it. Alex is also a four-time published author. And in addition to the wonderful New York Times pieces she's written, we'll also be talking about her book, Have I Got a Guy for You? An Anthology of Mother-Coordinated Dating Horror Stories. (laughs) Please help me give big smooches to my friend, Alex Strauss. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you being here because let me tell you, Alex, I have done a lot of interviews. I've been in a lot of newspapers and magazines and TV shows. And I have to tell you, I got, I think, the most feedback from this piece that you interviewed me for in the New York Times. I'm actually holding it right here. My friend Bonnie, the matchmaker, sent it to me. I had so many people that were like, you're in the New York Times. They were sending me clippings. But I think it really spoke to how much this piece resonated with folks. And and the focus of the piece was how to make romance a priority in 2022. But honestly, I feel like the guidance that you shared from all of the amazing experts that you talked to is applicable any time of the year. Agreed. And I think people are always looking for a way to reconnect or to connect in a better, healthier way as well. You know, there's there's so much that we forget. We really do forget to check in with each other. Well, so let's get into some of the tips. I want people to read the whole article because also your writing is just fabulous. And I know this isn't the first thing you've written. (laughs) You you have many books and articles under your belt. But the way that you structured this, I think, made it really accessible. And that was one of the tips to check in, really, and to, to sit down and first be reflective on the last year and and then look forward to the year ahead. Sometimes I hear that when you're reflecting on the past in relationships, it could sort of make you, like I'm a fan of nostalgia, but that I've heard that sometimes it makes you kind of long for the past and then less satisfied in the present with relationships. But I, I imagine you you might, you included it as a tip in the article, so you might have a different perspective on how it could be a useful tool. We did a piece last year as well, which was also, I think you were also interviewed for. And I think there's a very big difference between reconnecting in a nostalgic way and then, hey, what did I learn last year and what are we going to say goodbye to? Last year was awful for, for most of us for clearly a variety of reasons. How do we say goodbye to that in order for us to move forward? And taking stock of you know what you learned things that you really want to say goodbye to and how you'd like to move forward were really helpful as opposed to the piece we did last year where couples were dancing to their wedding song, for example, Mm -hmm. or doing a tree with little great moments that they had had together, which are nostalgic and reflective, but are, are very thoughtful. And I think bring back the good times as opposed to really taking a moment and saying, Here's what I learned last year. Here's the person I was last year. Here's who I am now. How are we fitting as a couple and how do we move forward that way? That's so smart. And you obviously interviewed the creme de la creme. You you talked to Julie Schwartz Gottman of the Gottman Institute. And there was something that she said that really resonated for me. She said that couples didn't have the chance to examine the inner landscape of their relationship or build or rebuild connection, which, you know, as a parent as well, where we were just in triage mode the last year, two years, um, our whole lives. But, you know, particularly the last year, it was a lot of logistics. And it's funny because I had a friend ask me, she was like, are you still madly in love with your husband? And I was like, I mean, madly like I don't know it's like after 50 we're our 15th anniversary is coming up in April like yes I'm still in love with them. I don't know what I don't know what madly in love is supposed to look like but I'm like 
we're doing it. You know, we just keep showing up. And and one of the the other tips that were shared with you was to look ahead, like make a list for the new year. And I thought that that was so smart. I do a lot of visualization, but I've never thought about it as like making a list with your partner. I think some of that too was to make sure you guys are on the same page or what can you learn about each other? What are those surprises with, you know, you say, let's do a trip. And one person is like, yes, let's do Hawaii. And the other person, yes, let's go to Iceland clearly on different places. And I I think it was really interesting to understand that you may need to sit together and say, here's the goal that I have for us. Here's what I have for the kids. Here's what I have financially. Here's some of the things I would like to do. How do you see it? You know, some of it is also just realizing, hey, we may have shapeshifted differently. And I wonder how do we get back or where's that common ground or how do we make us both happy and fulfill both our needs? It's really important to do that. And to check in regularly. That was another thing that was mentioned, checking in. Weekly. Yeah, weekly or twice a week. You know, and sometimes I'll I'll say that to listeners and they're like, oh, that sounds so unromantic. Do you have any ideas of how to make it not feel like a business yeah, meeting? It's not supposed to be romantic. Romantic is a date night. I find that so interesting. You know, I think that you're not going to have a romantic moment every moment. I, I honestly think that some of that is the hard work is to sit down maybe every other week and say, let's just check in with each other. But yes, checking in is not romantic, at least in my mind. No, it's not romantic, but it is it is useful. And, you know, I find my husband and I really do not. We don't really argue. And I think that's because, I mean, we both work from home. And so we see each other like all day all day, every day. So we're continually having these little micro conversations so that nothing gets to the point where it's so big that we have to yell and scream and fight about it. But also I'm married to like the most agreeable person. But there's actually something in your article that really spoke to how when couples really come together and have these conversations, it helps them have like a mutual investment in being there for one another. And a quote from your article resonated with me. Uh, it was a quote from Dr. Anthony Chambers, who comes from the Family Institute of Northwestern University, coincidentally, my alma mater. And he said, the central task of marriage is the management of differences. And that really spoke to me because we, my husband and I don't agree on everything, but we manage our differences and we talk about them rationally before they blow up into unmanageable, unmanageable differences and unmanageable situations that are emotionally charged. I feel like we we talked about this, I think, last year, too, if like it's about also creating the emotional state that you want to share with your partner. Somebody gave a great tip on and I, I thought this was wonderful and I believe in it, too. If you're really, really screaming at each other, you're at this moment where you just can't connect. You hold each other. It was Holly Robinson Pete who who said it in an interview that I had done with her and her husband. And they hold each other for 20 seconds. And the agreement is the person who asks, the other person has to do it. And, you know, A, that's a great idea. And I do think there's something about holding each other and calming each other down and listening to each other breathe and maybe hearing each other's heart. But Having interviewed hundreds of couples, it's always fascinating to see who falls in love, how they fell in love, who stays in love, 
and how they make it work. You know, you guys have found a rhythm and the rhythm works really well for both of you. Yes. Thank you. And I think also we both come to the table knowing that the rhythm is probably going to change and that you have to stay in it with, with your partner that you've made a commitment to. You have to be willing to shift and adapt and change. And when, a lot of times when I see the conflict, it's because one or both partners, they're not able to do that. And yes, occasionally I am, I am a fiery Sagittarius. Occasionally my emotions peak. But, you know, we, we both have this commitment from the time our relationship began that we are in it together and we try to work through it. But of course it's not perfect. Not, no relationship is, is perfect. But it, it does require all the things that you wrote about in the article and all of the goal setting. You know, I talked in the article about, about having rituals, things that you can look forward to in the future. We haven't done the specific checklist, but we do check in regularly and make sure that we are aligned on the same page. But I want to kind of change gears here because a lot of our listeners are like, well, that's nice, Demona. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad you found that relationship, but I'm still looking. And you wrote a book on what happens when people get set up and not just set up by just anyone, but have I got a guy for you is what happens when mom sets you up. Mom should know best, right? But in your in your case, not so much. Tell me about your story and why you wrote this book. What happened was my mother, who is no longer allowed to set me up and hasn't done it, thank God, in years, I think she would just hear the word, you know, man, and then it would, you know, be off and running. So she did no background work, you know, a member of law and order, you know, unit not. And really what broke, what broke this all off was uh, the person she connected me to was married. So I would assume once you start with blind date, you're assuming that this person also is single. And that was not the truth, it turned mm -hmm. out. And so during, during dinner, he took me to a restaurant called Good, which was not. <laughs> and really before the, the meal really started, the bread basket was put down on the table. And I think we both reached for it. And he said, oh my God, it's so nice to be with someone who eats bread. My wife doesn't let me. And I was like, um, I'm a big bread eater. And two, can we go back to that word wife? <laughs> I'm extremely confused. I, you know, I was upstairs before I even made it into, you know, the elevator. I was already calling one of my friends. And by the time I had spoken with six other people, I thought this was the best story ever. And they were all like, oh, really? I've got one for you. And so really by the sixth person, I realized, oh, there's a book here because our, our mothers are clearly inept at setting us up. And one story was really worse than the next. Oh, my gosh. Wait, how did your mom get this so wrong? <laughs> Like, how did she not know? She just doesn't ask any questions. I really do think she hears person. And she's like, great, Alex is available. What did this guy think that he was showing up for? A business meeting? No, he was ready to divorce his wife. He said it wasn't, I mean, he said a lot of things about her, um, some that can't be repeated. You know, also, that's not very flattering. If you're sitting with someone and they're listing all the things that aren't working in, in the most disrespectful way, it doesn't look good on, on anybody. This was so bad. And then he had horrific road rage because he spit out the window. And I, I was literally crawling inside my skin. I couldn't wait to get out of the car. I couldn't wait to, to leave him. It was just, it was awful. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm taking notes. So. But a great story. Uh, pay, 
But great story. That's what I always tell people. There's always a great story on the other side of it, whether or not you end up meeting your soulmate. So I'm just taking notes for the folks at home. Pay attention to their selection of restaurant and also how if they're talking about their ex slash current relationship. Yeah. Red flag right there. If you're married, don't accept a date. That really, I can't get more specific than that. Okay. So we've got three pieces of advice there. What would you say to those folks who are maybe thinking of having someone set up a date for them? Are there questions that they should ask? Are there ways that they can prepare for the date, even if it's not a date from mom, but a set up blind date? It's so hard to say. I do think it really helps if you know both parties. What I've learned is sometimes people aren't actually fixing me up. They're fixing the other person up. I don't know how I got caught in the tide of it all, but I'm not the one being fixed up. So you fit their criteria, but you're like, what about me? This is not what I ordered. You know, at least for me, it's not about the looks because I, I really love great conversation. I find great conversation extremely sexy. And um, I love people who can who are interesting and I love good stories. And there are people who really I hear their stories and they are so meant for each other. It's it's extraordinary. There are people who have fallen in this moment. It's like sliding doors where they literally are each other's person. And I think that's extremely hopeful. And then, you know, there are people, they get married, they get divorced, they find other people. There are people who get married, then they're widowed. They fall in love again. Love is a really universally fascinating, often misunderstood concept. Yeah. Yeah. And there's technically no rule book. I mean, certainly I I look at dating as a set of learned skills. So I do have a rule book for for dating, but there's always the X factor. I can give you the program, but there is that element of personal choice and how you show up. And then also I can't create the person like even a lot of people will say to me, well, I'll just go to a matchmaker and they'll give me the dates like the matchmaker has a finite number of people like they're not a magician. (laughs) So (laughs) there is a little bit of of magic and a little bit of timing most of my clients, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, that was their soulmate and they were predestined to be together, but they've, they set these foundational rules we were talking about earlier together and they, they've grown as a couple. Well, you do a great job with the articles and books that you write. Can you tell us anything that's coming up? Uh, I can tell you that the times is shape-shifting and they've got some really amazing things coming up. Okay, well, we'll stay tuned. Yes, yes. <laughs> Buy the paper, read the paper, enjoy the paper. We've got good stuff. You have really good stuff. And uh, you've gotten me major cred with a lot of uh, a lot of my friends and colleagues and parents and parents' friends. <laughs> so. Well, what's nice is you're so easy to work with. I thought the tips that you gave were so great. I, I think you. people do need things to look forward to. Well, we will put the link in the show notes to alexstrauss.com. That's A-L-I-X-S-T-R-A-U-S-S.com. And that also has links to all of your amazing books that people can purchase and read, maybe during couples reading time. And also we'll put a link to that New York Times article that we've been talking about all day today. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Oh my God, this was so lovely. In a moment, I'll be back to answer your questions, including... 
Should I wait to start dating if I'm not completely comfortable in my own skin? And how to tell if he could be your future baby daddy or just your future ex-boyfriend? We'll be right back. You know I love love and I love helping you with your dating dilemmas. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This message comes to us on Instagram from a listener named Elle. She says, Demona, I love your podcast so much. I feel like we would be friends, IRL. You are just so awesome and helpful. Thank you, Elle. I feel like we would be friends, too. Elle says, I'm struggling with really wanting to date because I have a vulnerable thing. I have two missing back teeth. My friends say they can't see it, but I am so self-conscious and I'm working really hard to get implants done ASAP, but it's hard to do with my work schedule. Hoping to start dating as soon as they're in. In the meantime, I'm listening to your podcast. Would love to hear any thoughts you might have. It's frustrating to have to postpone getting the implants, but I can't seem to get over the insecurity around it. L, can I share a personal detail with you right now and all of our listeners? I also am missing a back tooth. <gasps> but I do have an implant now. I have moved on with my life. Implants are the bane of my existence and I absolutely hate it and I spend most of my time flossing it. But I had to go for, I think, six months I won't bore you with my oral surgery information, but you have to wait with the post in without a tooth in. So I've been exactly where you are, Elsie. We would be friends and you didn't even know this about me. So I understand the hesitation, but I just want to step back and take a wider view for anyone else who's listening who maybe is not addicted to popcorn and is more careful about not eating popcorn kernels like me. <laughs> I don't know what happened to your back teeth, but stuff happens. You know, we live our life. And that's my point is that everybody has a thing. Sometimes people will come to me and say, well, I really want to start dating Demona, but I just got to lose these 10 pounds. I've got to lose these 10 pounds and then I'll be ready to date. Or, well, I would date right now, but it's just really busy at work. And I I just, I, I couldn't do it right now. Or, I, you know... I just feel like I've had a lot of bad breakups in the past and I should just really do a dating hiatus right now. So that's why I can't date Demona. And even though those are all three different scenarios, there is a common through line that I hear. And it's that I don't feel dateable. I don't feel lovable. I don't feel enough in this form, in this body that I'm living in. And you're the only person who can shift how you feel about that. Yes, the implants may make you feel less self-conscious, but you will still be in there, in that body. And sometimes those thoughts will still be in there of like, can he tell? Can he tell that I have implants? Not to get graphic. My husband also has an implant, but his is on his front tooth. And his one time fell out. Actually, both of ours have fallen out. So I hate to break it to you, but the implants are not a perfect solution either. So what my point is, is that all of our stuff is still going to be there. You may change your body. You may change your teeth. You may get out of that busy time at work but your stuff is still going to be there and you got to deal with that first of why you have those feelings of, of inadequacy, why you have that self-consciousness. 
And please, I know a lot of people out there that are toothless as a mofo, L, that are living their best life and catching all kinds of West Elm Caleb's and not even worried about it. So we've got to really dive deep in there, maybe do some journaling, maybe talk to a counselor and get underneath it to see where these feelings are coming up. Why this fear of maybe rejection, L? Why this this fear of putting yourself out there and being seen and not being enough is coming up for you right now? Because we can kick the can down the road, sure. Sure, sure, sure. We can, we can kick it down the road as far as you want to go. But even if you catch up with the can, the underlying feelings and issues are likely to still be there. And those are the feelings and strategies that I am really most interested in helping you work through. Our next question is an email from a listener named Jess. She says, hi, Demona. Thank you so much for your podcast. It's made getting through the pandemic a lot easier. I'm so happy to hear that. My question is, how do you hype yourself up to finally jump back into dating? I have online profiles, but the second I match with someone, I freeze. In my 20s, I had quite a few disastrous relationships, after which I stopped dating, partially because I wasn't ready and partially because I didn't have time between work and taking care of my sick grandmother. She's been gone for a few years now, and I know it's time to get back out there, but I'm having such a struggle with it. I know it's probably my brain's way of protecting me from getting hurt again, but I do want to have kids, and the clock is running. I'm now 37. Also, how do I filter out guys that don't want to have kids within the next couple of years? What would be a good way to phrase it without scaring them off? <laughs> okay. Let's start in the middle here, Jess. First of all, how wonderful that you were able to take time to take care of your sick grandmother. I'm so sorry that she has passed, but those moments that you had with her are really the stuff that life is made of. So kudos to you for taking the time to focus on what was important. Dating, dating can wait. Dating ain't that important. I mean, it's important, but it's not that important when you're faced with a huge responsibility of taking care of a family member and helping them be comfortable in their last phase of life. So now it's your time, girl. You are ready. You are ready. And you're already doing the work to acknowledge where some of these, these mental roadblocks are coming up. Like I had these bad relationships and then I, I was afraid of getting hurt but now I'm afraid that the time is ticking and now I'm going to put the pressure on because I, I got to get a I got to get some sperm in there to get these eggs fertilized because they're, they're running out. So let's let's slow down. Let's take a step back, take a breath and realize, first of all, honey, you got time. It's OK. Thirty seven. Not the end of the world. I have plenty of clients who have had children at 40, 45, older. So you're OK. You're okay. I always say, though, if you can, there are a lot of very smart companies that are investing in, in fertility treatments. And actually, one of my clients just a year ago had a baby through IVF. She ended up meeting her person, her partner. He was ready to have kids. And, you know, nature, biology has its own plans. But she had 
a backup plan on ice, and that backup plan is now a baby, and she's wonderful. So science is really our friend. And if you can, I know not everyone has the finances to do it, and not everyone has a company that supports that. <laughs> Boo on them. But if you can do it, I am all for it because it gives you options and it gives you time. And then you don't have to pressure the guy that's sitting in front of you like, hey, are you going to finish that? Like, <laughs> are, we, are we going somewhere or what? Like, <laughs> you can just let things unfold and you can, you can practice slow love. But that said, if a guy knows you're 37 and that you want to have kids and he's scared off, he is not your guy, Jess. That's not your guy. Let him run away. Let him run away because he's not ready. And let me tell you, as a parent, it is an all hands on deck kind of experience. You want to be co-parenting with somebody who wants to be all the way in it. And I, I guarantee you, the guys that are really ready will not be scared off by it. They'll actually lean in and be intrigued by it because that's what they want to. So let's go back to the beginning. How do you get past that point of freezing once you match with someone? I so understand what you're talking about. I actually, this was one of the challenges when I worked with Garcelle Beauvais on The Real Housewives. She would always like, we'd get matches and then she'd be like, what do I do? What do I say to them? So first we have to put that little voice that we know is there because we're afraid of getting hurt. Tell that voice to be quiet the next time it comes up. And if you're frozen because you don't know how to be witty or charming or say the right things, just know that you don't have to say a lot in those initial texts. The point is to get moving to the next step. And you're going to hear this theme a lot from me again in 2022, because as we move into this next phase of the pandemic and whatever dating will look like in it, I want us to retain this screening step, whether it's a phone call, a video chat, some sort of a pre-date before you get to the date. Please, please promise me you will maintain that. So you don't have to be witty and charming in text. You don't have to be magnetic in the first few exchanges. You just have to get them to the next step. And then, Jess, you have to let go of expectations of what's going to happen. It's just a discovery. And a lot of times those feelings of needing to be protected and worried about getting worried about being hurt come up when we're not in the moment. We're playing it all the way ahead. You're thinking about the kids and you're thinking about this life that you haven't built yet and the future and it's too far ahead and you can't be present and in the moment if your head's already 15 steps in the future. So it's just a discovery. It's just a conversation. Don't even think about it as screening. I think sometimes people who listen to the show tell me like, I was screening my date and I told them I was screening it. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not. <laughs> it's uh, dictated, not read. It's not meant to be that literal. It's just a discovery. It's a discovery process. And you may discover that he's a great match for you and that he wants the same things that you do. And you may discover he's not your guy, but you're going to be true to yourself you're going to be authentic. You're going to be in alignment with your own values. And I promise you that with that intention and purpose and with a dating strategy, the rest will fall into place. I hope you enjoyed episode 396 of Dates and Mates. I want to help you just like Jess and Elle. I want to be your friend, IRL. I want to hear your questions that you're grappling with. No question, too big, too small, too short, too long. Go ahead and DM me on Instagram, 
at Demona Hoffman. You can also send me a voice memo there. You can email me. There's a button right there at datesandmates.com where you can send in your question. Or you can text me or call me at 424-246-6255. We'll be back next Tuesday with a very special Valentine's Day episode. I will be joined by the one and only... Mario Lopez of Access Hollywood and his beautiful wife, Courtney, who will share their secrets in love and a lot of their other secrets, too. They'll tell you about their favorite rom-com movies and how you can make Valentine's Day special this year. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.